Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, Freestone wrap up uh lots to talk about uh lots of exciting things happening at freestone great racing i'm your host steve mathis with me on the line is um x125 supercross winner almost supercross champion david pingry ping what's up hey there guys just uh just really excited to be here today talking to you fellas oh that's sweet and then also uh uh on the on the other line is uh, my boss the online editor of racer x and your 2012 motocross nationals um tv announcer yeah. tv announcer yeah. jason right, good. Wygant. <laughs> yeah sorry um uh i got the host of motocross yeah right. uh how, how are we doing two rounds in with that Wygant? that's oh, fun man it's the most fun job in a sport so everybody else suck it and be jealous <laughs> wow jeez. um we sit in an air-conditioned trailer and just talk about racing for four hours. Right. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. And, um, yeah. hey, uh, before we get too far into this thing and, and what a race it was, uh, let's not forget you can use the code STEVE at btosports.com to save yourself big money. So let's not, let's not forget about that. Although neither, yeah. e- neither one of you two have ever paid for anything in the last 10 years, motorcycle industry-wise. So, but if you were, you could use the code STEVE to save yourself money. This is the best code you can come up with. Can't use it anymore. Eh, we're we're gonna switch it around, around. So that was month or that first couple months, one or something. Uh, well, at one point you were using Mathis, and I don't think many people realize it has two T's in it. So uh, how many people got screwed in that deal? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think that's why we switched it though, because there was websites out there that had the coupon code out there for anybody, and they really wanted to track the actual listeners of these shows. So. Right. All right. Hey, Ping. Twenty. Uh, 20- 13 CRF 450. I uh, saw you did a big thing on that on the site. It's everywhere. Uh, briefly, uh, tell us about the bike. What'd you think? Uh, well, like I said in the breakdown, I mean, there's there's a lot to that bike uh, that's changed. There's a lot of little things, little um, brackets that that are welded or mounted to the foot pegs that Geico and Factory Honda have been using. They incorporated that, so your pegs don't get stuck up with mud anymore. Uh, there's just a lot of little detail things like that. The swing arm, uh, when you look at that thing in person, is uh, completely different. Really cool looking. Obviously, just the looks of the bike are, are nuts, you know. It looks a lot like a KTM, really, as far as the styling. Very, I don't know, Euro. Um, and the way the thing works, you know, they they uh, they definitely made an improvement with lowering the center of gravity to things Although it's two pounds lighter, if you just went out and rode it back-to-back with the 2012, which I did up there, I mean, mm-hmm. it feels, I don't know, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds lighter. I mean, it feels 
noticeably lighter when you turn it right. or jump it, you know. So obviously the changes they made uh, did make a difference. And uh, the, the uh, aside from the, the chassis itself, the forks were the next biggest change. And I noticed a lot of people poo-pooing those or whatever, saying air fork technology is old school and they tried that in the 50s or 70s or something. And I'm like... I just laugh because, you know, like this is the same thing they put on a 76 Yamaha. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly the same. Now, I, I do wonder, so. I do wonder, and, and Ross Maeda, Rob Hendrickson have all told me also, if we're getting a little too far advanced for the average consumer. I mean, I got buddies of mine that haven't checked their SAG, you know. Yeah, um, I know. I know. Well, and that's one thing about this. You're going to have to be a little bit on because every two pounds of pressure is equivalent to one spring rate change. Mm-hmm. So, if you let your bike sit for a month, and, and I don't know if it's like a, a tube where it'll it'll kind of slowly lose pressure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Or if you set it at 33, it stays at 33 all year. Right. I don't know. But I, I know that it does change a little bit, slightly with temperature and elevation. Um, so, really, you need to be checking it. You know, just like you check your tire pressure before you go out, you check those. Yeah. And, and is, it, is, it, <clears throat> is it, can you just use a bicycle pump? Is it Just a bicycle pump, yep. yep. Just air. Uh, super basic. They said the the temperature was not a factor. You know, if you had a, if it was hot out and you were on a long moto, it might change a pound, which would be like a half a spring rate. Right. But then there was there was other factors in there that actually make it softer, so it kind of balances out. No one even noticed. Like they said in all their testing, nobody noticed the difference. I imagine you'll be putting nitrogen in that thing. A lot of guys will be. I'm sure race guys will. Yeah, guys yeah. are real serious. But right. for me, the max number was 35, and and it. The difference at between 33 and 35 was huge. I mean, it was like, you know, if you have the wrong sport, you know, soft fork springs in, the bike stink bug, it's a little nervous. And yeah. It was just all wrong. And, and once I went to 35, I mean, it was What's... incredible. And the thing handled great. The, the feel to that fork is, is um, it's very active. Like, like, you almost feel like maybe the rebound's a little too fast, but it doesn't ever boing back up on you. It just tracks with the ground really well. So, it's a different feeling, but it's really good. You can come into a turn, and the front tire just feels like it's stuck to the ground with Velcro. You know, I mean, it's just right. planted. To me... And that's that's one of the really big upsides of that type of fork. To me, I ditched the fork, and I put a hydraulic clutch on. Can't believe they didn't do that again. That's amazing, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, for me, I applaud things. The fact that they're maintaining 94 decibels and not blowing people's eardrums out because sound is an issue. And the fact that they maintain the price. Um, you know, I talked to Savino a bit and those guys, and they said they through research they've done, they feel like they a limit with price. They can't, if they don't want to go any higher because, right. I mean, obviously price is an issue and, and people are just going to stop buying bikes at some point. They've already got, a, you know, there's a, a large band of people, a cult, if you will, who are pushing <laughs> for two strokes to come back and, just, just so there's an affordable way to go racing again or go riding, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the only, uh, I think that's their main push. Yeah. So um, I, I really thought that was great that they did all these changes to the bike and they opted to leave the clutch out. It was in play. It was going to happen. They had it, Yeah. you know, scheduled to be in production. And they just said, well, there's no way we keep this, keep it at last year's price if we had the clutch. So let's leave the clutch off. We'll go to a six-spring clutch, which is better than the four-spring system they had. And, um, you know, to me, I actually like that the feel of a, a race clutch better. The hydraulic one is too on or off. So I think some of that, it, yeah, it's nice that you don't ever have to adjust it manually, but how hard is it to just reach up your thumb forward? 
I mean, really. I like the feel, you know, the fact that you've got some feel in and out, not just either on or off, like a hydraulic clutch. So, to me, I I actually not a big fan of the hydraulic hydraulic clutch. And there you have it, folks. Was there there a mention, um, Ping, you and I, when we were having our disastrous year of podcasts when we didn't have Mathis, um, we did a really cool podcast with McGrath that was then erased due to our <laughs> horrible graphic technology. And he was very outspoken. You know, McGrath is paid by Honda to do testing. And we said, how much does it affect the production bikes, what you do for the racing side? And he said, I'm really disappointed, but none. They're completely different departments. He says, that's wrong. It's terrible. I couldn't believe you're just saying this on the record. But he said, the next bike, we're finally integrating things back in. And then last year, I heard a lot of people referring to this upcoming 2013 as the McGrath bike. And the teams would be much further ahead when they first started racing this than they were in 09 when they first got this previous generation bike. And it pretty much took them a year to get that thing working right. Was there any talk about that, the influence McGrath had and the racing team had? Whereas in 09, they basically were just handed a thing after it was well, he was, Here you go. He was, he was very integral in, in building this bike. And he was the first one to ride one of the pre-productions. Um, that came off the assembly line. So, yeah, I think he had a big hand in developing it. And, <clears throat> you know, kind of gave the same feedback that I, I gave those guys. Um, it was funny because when I came in initially in the Forge for Two Soft, I said to Worley, I said, I think I want to, I want to like, soften the rear, you know, to get it balanced. And he goes, no. He goes, you know what? Look, can we just try something? Can we go up with the fork? Because Jeremy said the same thing when he rode the, the pre-production model. And when we squatted the rear end, it was still not right. He said, and then we went back to where the shock setting was and, and raised the fork pressure, and he left. And, like, that was – he was right on the money. So, I mean, it's, it sounds like, you know, they've, they've kind of listened to Jeremy and done what he wanted to do. And uh, I think the result's going to be a really, really competitive bike. Yeah, I love the technology of it, no doubt about it. Uh, I just wonder if the average guy – we're getting somewhere where the average guy – can't figure it out. That's all. But I love yeah, well, it myself. Well, Kawasaki went to that same fork. Yeah. Well, you know, people are going to have to just get out of pump and figure it out. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not rocket science either, really. But all right. And you know what they did do? This. Why didn't this happen? Like the 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 clicker adjusters are kind of like tilted back at a forty-five degree, so that you don't have to now you know try to angle a screwdriver in underneath your bars and strip that thing out. Why hasn't that happened in the past? Why didn't that happen ten years ago? A good question. This is a good point. Um, all right, let's get let's move on to Freestone. Why game's right. got a very important conference call here coming up. So, um, wow, uh, what a race! Uh, why can't? Um, well, actually, I, let's let's go back to Ping. Uh, someone said this on Twitter, and I thought it was pretty funny. I think you did originate this, or maybe Why can't did, and I'm just giving Ping the credit. Time for James to get a butt patch. that says hi, Ryan. Yeah, well, that's that's the only guy that's going to be close enough to read it. Would be Orion. So what, I don't know. What did uh, What did you think, Wygant? Uh, I thought that. Uh, I mean, I think that the track, the track didn't help out Ryan Dungey because there wasn't a whole lot of other lines to take. But at the same time, what a patient and uh, calm and collected race by Stewart. Yeah, it really was uh, like a chess match where you, I, I think both guys kind of knew how they wanted to race each other going in, and they both tried that. 
And, I mean, you saw the end result. Yeah, Stewart won, but it was still very darn close. But I think in Dungy's corner, and I'm not even going to bring up the Ricky Carmichael connection because I think at this point everyone knows it's not like he hangs out and rides with Carmichael every day. They see each other every couple of months. That's nothing to do with it. But obviously other guys over there at KTM have battled Stewart before, and their strategy has always been just stay on him, stay on him, mm-hmm. stay on him. Don't try to run away from him because you can't. He's going to keep up no matter what you do. So just stay on him if you can. Yeah. And he'll make a mistake. So you clearly Dungey has tried that. And I picture him like coming in at the end of the motor saying, I did, I did what you said, see? It doesn't work. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you have to wonder if it's a little different. You know, on this show last year, Payne came up with the, you know, the high Ryan butt patch that Reed should have. Do you wonder if it runs through Stewart's mind when Dungey's behind him that, hey, I watched all the races last year too. I know the dude doesn't get too aggressive. I know that there's a chance that he can go as fast as me the whole moto, yet still not pass me. And maybe that helps him relax a little bit because yeah. that's the playbook on Dungey. i got to figure for these guys at this point. Like, don't worry about it. If he's behind you, he's not going to run it in on you. Well, maybe time to toss the playbook out on Stu because I know for a fact that Reed and Villapoto are like, just pressure him, just pressure him, just pressure him. Well, I, doesn't I, work now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this track definitely was pretty basic. There wasn't a whole lot at Freestone to separate the guys, you know, tabletops and, you know, an easy triple and, you know what I mean? But still, um, it doesn't get any more pressure than what Ryan Dungey put on him. It didn't even seem to make any difference no, at all. No, no. Like he rode exactly the same, whether he was there or not. Yeah, it was, it was uncanny. It was, it was a great race, though. But what about the fact, Ping, what about the fact that James Stewart's passed Dungey three motos in a row now? Now, first lap, of course, but uh, still, that's got to be like, if you're looking back at things coming into this weekend in Lakewood, Dungey's got to be like, that can't happen again. That cannot happen. Yeah, I mean, you can start to see there's obviously a pattern here. Four wins in a row and, and a lot of passing going on by James. And that's what he does great is opening laps. He just lays it down. And that's something where Dungy's, you know, you could say he needs to work on. He's sort of like a, like a diesel. You know, he kind of builds steam as he goes. And uh, that's not going to work. He's going to have to pick up the intensity in his opening laps and try to get get or stay in front of James because, right. you know, like you just said, trying to pressure him, that's not really working. Uh, you know, I, the rider I used to always hate, like when we went to hot races, and Troy and Millville, you just come in going, oh, please don't be a, a complete oven when I get there, you know? Mm-hmm. But, and that's, that's obviously how Texas normally is, but as a now as a fan, it's like, I want to see it kind of brutal, <laughs> you know, because I'm home on my couch. Yeah. <laughs> so I was disappointed to hear it was, like, quite a bit cooler than normal and the track wasn't as rough and rutted. Um, and I wonder what would have happened if it had been, you know, sort of typical freestone, if that would have played anything into it or not. Because yeah. you know Dungy is, he's a machine. He doesn't, he's not going to get tired. He's not going to slow down. And so far, James hasn't been affected either, but. Yeah, um, I mean. At the end of the moto, James is taking his helmet off, and he looks and sounds like he could do another moto, as does Dungey. You know what I mean? But if you're questioning James's fitness, I just I, I don't see it. He looks. Memphis, did you see? Somebody told me that Stewart just stood there in his gear, boots, everything, and just watched the 250 moto after his. Watched Malcolm and whatnot. Didn't even go back to the truck. Didn't even take his boots off. Anything. I didn't hear that. No. I didn't. That's what I heard. Yeah, he was out there watching, like with Big James, just with, like, hey, let's watch this race. Right, with his boots on. <laughs> Never yeah, yeah, not yeah. even hot. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's 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 definitely pretty gnarly. What about if you're Dungeon, you're following 
your old team manager and your old bike and the old team that you, you know, this this past Monday we had Lee McCollum on, and Leroy told us in his opinion, Dungy was trying to get out of there before 2011. He tried to get out of his contract to leave with, with Roger, and Suzuki made him stay. So he wanted out of there that bad. And I know for a fact he didn't like his bike, and he told a few people that he didn't like his bike. What about now? If you're following it and it's working pretty good because it's holding you off, that's got to be – I mean, we'll never know because Dunge doesn't tell us much. Um, we'll never know, but it's got to sting a little bit, huh, Ping? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just – I don't – it doesn't make – none of that makes sense to me, though. How do you go out and dominate on a motorcycle that, you know, you don't have any problem with? And then all of a sudden the next year, I mean, very little changes – that bike didn't change in production at all. Like, there was no production changes. Mm-hmm. So whatever changes they made were done by Yosh or, you know, the guys at Suzuki. And they could have just gone back to the year before specs. How do you go from loving it, winning everything, to I hate this bike, oh, my gosh, get me out of here. I got to get out of here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's got to be all upstairs, right? I-, I would think so, yeah. Yeah, that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I knew these guys weren't as good as the old guys, and their bike sucks now. And it's the same as that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah. but at the same time, isn't it encouraging for Dunge to know? I mean, I would think there were some doubts coming in if Stewart was 100% on his game, which no one knew for sure, but now that we've seen the races, we know he is. I mean, I've got to figure there were some people wondering, you know, is Dunge purely fast enough to stay with him? And he's proven that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a complete loss. I mean, to say that you were fast enough to just hang with James Stewart for two whole motos is pretty good. And Stewart, his reputation for consistency is still a little spotted here and there, more so than Dungey's. I mean... If you're Dungey and you're like, I'm fast enough to keep up with the guy, and I know that I'll be there all 24 motos every time, that's still fairly encouraging, I think. I purely conjecture speculation, but where do you think Reed and Villapoto, healthy and ready to fight, are in this whole mix? Are they faster? Are they the same? Are they all the same speed? Is well, It gets hard. You know, you kind of lose your perspective when they're not out there. Cause, no, it's, you know. it's totally, I mean, it's totally a bench racers thing, but I mean, there wasn't when we Steel City last year, uh, Texas when Dungey beat Villapoto. Um, Ryan Villapoto went on a little run there uh, at some point. But because there wasn't much to separate Chad, Villapoto, and Dunge last year, there really wasn't. I would guess they would all be right in there right now. You know? I mean, maybe. Yeah, Dungey was not second class in any way, shape, or form no, last year. No, he he had, how about how about Washugal in Millville where he just handed it to Billow? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and and really straight up caught past him, left him. So if you're yeah, looking, it'd be at, great racing if there was if everybody was in oh, there. Man. Yeah, no shit. Hey, what about okay? Let's uh, let's move along unless we got anything else. Right. Uh, oh, can we do something about their gear for this weekend? Can can Fox and um, Answer, get together, and not put them in the same pastel colors, maybe? I thought it was cool because they both used to ride for the other guy's gear company, right? That's true. I never, but yeah. I feel like it was kind of a truce. Like, we'll put the Answer-looking gear on Dunge, we'll put the Fox-looking gear on Stewart. I thought that was very nice of him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, what about Michael Lessie? What about Michael Lessie? What about him? Ooh. He's got, he's got a nine-point lead. He's all alone in third. I don't want to say the universe here. It's a little early. Yeah. But we saw, just saw a gnarly Supercross season where a ton of dudes got hurt, right? Yep. So he's not really in that bad of a position if you think about that. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. If it ever came down to a battle of the best of the rest. Yeah, dungeons do take each other out, both get jacked up. Who's going to win the title on the Moto Concepts 450? Michael Lansing. Um, hey, you know who's uh, – Weimer was good, got a podium, a good job for Jake. And uh, he fell in the first turn, second moto, or did he just uh, – was it first turn or was it later on? Uh, his first turn, yeah. I think he got – someone came around the outside and he tried to tuck underneath and watch the front end or knife did whatever. Um, I was pretty surprised by Josh Grant's 6-4. He caught and passed Shorty in the second moto on a track that Shorts won on before. And, you know, we know Andrew's in shape and been working hard and all that. So uh, I was pretty impressed by Josh Grant. He's, he's, he's a factor. Fifth in – or sixth in the points right now. So, good for Josh Grant. Maybe he's back, or getting back, let's say. He's got so much talent, that guy. I mean, he, if you watch him ride, he's, he's got, like, little flashes and little moments where you're like, whoa. You know, his corner speed or just he'll do something. You're like, wow, that was, that was rad. I mean, he just – he can – I don't know. I don't know if it's confidence or he just needs to sort of get back into his flow. But if he can find the confidence and swagger he had, you know, before all of his injuries started really kicking in, Mm-hmm. He could be on the box this summer, no, no doubt. Well, that third spot, Mike Alessi's not giving that up. Why again? He had the 40th gate pick in the first moto, and he still came out top 10 off the start. How did he miss the call anyway? What happened? How's the guy? Do you have that? He missed the call. Everybody, it's going to happen to a bunch of guys this year. It happens all the time. It, um, it, yeah. First moto, even that seems crazy. First moto. Um, well, yeah, I mean, a, it's a little more maybe crazy. Maybe if, if you have a mechanical or you have some issue between motors, I can see it. But yeah, first moto, you got plenty of time. Are you just sleeping back there or sitting in the hot tub or what are you doing? Yeah, hot tub. Hot, hot tub, probably, yeah. yeah. Um, Ginobili had him bubbling, soaking. Um, <laughs> what about Nico Izzy? He was on his way to a four-four. He's been pretty surprising this year. How 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 each? Yeah, I mean, okay, he led, um, you know, the first half a lap or whatever, and I, I think. I mean, could you just collect dollar bills? Like, hey, hand us a dollar if you think that he's going to stay here or fade. And everyone would have betted in one direction, right? Yeah. But he didn't. No. He just stayed there the whole time. Like, leading a lap, not a shock. But And he was about to do it again in second moto. I don't know what's going on there. He was solid at Hangtown, too. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I guess he's getting a, he's getting a, a rare second chance. You, you see a lot of kids, ping, blow it. And they never get it back. But uh, um, Easy maybe is going to get a second chance here. If he can keep putting in rides like that, um, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that can can say they, they you know, are podium putting in podium rides in the 450 class. And, and in Supercross, putting himself on the top of the board and qualifying. I mean, the fact that you can just have that much speed. Right. I mean, people look at that. Ooh, okay, he's got it. We can we can work with him and mold him, you know, and turn him into a guy that gets results. But you can't make a guy who doesn't have speed. Sometimes it's harder to bring speed into them, you know. So I know a lot of managers look for that. Um, they think it's easier to sort of mold a guy that has wild raw speed than to try to make somebody else faster. So he'll get a lot of chances if he can keep doing those kinds of things. But um, I would have guessed. I would have predicted, you know, two years ago, this guy was pumping gas by 2014. Right. Uh, by by I, the way, he was headed, you know. So uh, this is a yeah. this is great. I'm I'm stoked that he's doing well. I'm with you on that. Now, does he 
does someone take a chance on him on? And I don't, I, I don't want to bag on that team. It's a good team. It's a solid team. Well, I mean, I do bag on it a lot. But, I mean, uh, let's be honest. But can he get back on a factory team? Can he? Would, would someone take a shot at him? What else is out there? You know, you start jumbling some math up, and Barsh is moving up, and Kennard's still around, and, and things like I don't know. I don't want to use the word desperate. I don't want to make it sound like he's a horrible choice. But you first have to have a team that really has a hole to fill, and I don't know if you really have that right now. Right. And I guess in a way. He, he's not eligible for 250 Supercross anymore, right? He's out. Well, I, uh, no, I guess yeah. he is. He wrote it this year. He wrote the team it moved year? him up yeah. mid season. Like, yeah, I think he is. Oh, he is eligible. Well, that's told, that changes everything, doesn't it? Um, you know, you know the biggest problem with 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 Nico is that even if he has a great summer, let's say he's, you know, fourth, fifth, and you know the occasional leading motos. I mean, really having a kick-ass summer. Yeah. If you're a manager and you look at him, it's his image that you don't like. You know, it's the image he's kind of built up for himself. You know, he's got right. you know long hair and tattoos and. Even that, that all may be behind him, like the, the partying and the whatever, but yeah. it lingers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're a manager, you're going, I don't want that, you know. Right. I don't know. It would definitely give you some reservations. So. What that was Nate, one thing, I don't know. There. There's a real fine line between, like, you know, some guys have that, but it comes across as cool and it almost helps them, and then some guys have it and it makes them look worse. It's really, really a yeah. fine line. Yeah, like if Ping had sleeves and greasy long hair, you'd be like, ah, it's ping. Ah, you know. <laughs> He's armless. Yeah. Can you imagine me with tattoos? Oh, badass. Badass. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like Blake Warden, I don't know if Blake Warden has tattoos, but he's definitely got a unique look, but nobody holds that against him. Like, it's just, if anything, it maybe that makes you helps smi- him market himself a little more, and I don't think anyone thinks it affects his results, like it yeah. shows that he's a slacker. It's a fine line. Yeah, Somehow you're, he's you're right. he's on the proper side. Yeah, yeah. You smile when you see Blake Wharton. You're like, hey, look at that guy. Look at that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tommy Hahn did about what I thought he would do. Brett Metcalf had an off day, but Metcalf's never been good at Texas. The heat does affect him. It does get to him. He he collapsed one year at the Pro Circuit team, and and he struggled at Freestone. So maybe something mentally with him. Even though, why well, again? It wasn't that hot. It was actually pretty good. He had some. Um he was off the track a few times. I think he had crashed, went wide in a first turn, and yeah. he just wasn't in position. Yeah, uh, definitely not. But, if, you know, if I had told you Michael Alessi was going to get two straight podiums, you guys would have thought I was crazy. I know. Alessi said something. I would have. I, I thought Alessi, I swear I put him as, like, third. Hmm. Um, I really did. Is he doing interviews anymore? Does anybody check? I guess he had to do the press conference again, right? Well, yeah, and there he said something very telling where I said, um, you know, are you, um, you know, are you concerned with how fast those guys are? Because he kept just, he just gave so many props to Stewart and Dunge. And I'm like, are you concerned with that at all? And he's like, every year I try to go out and keep up with everybody and end up hurt. So I don't even care. Like, I'm just going to ride my pace. I'm going to make sure I get through all 12 rounds. And wherever I end up, I end up. And, you know, him to try to make up, what is he, what is he going to make up, 20 seconds of moto on those guys? Oh, he was over a minute, minute 20. On or a minute, photo. sorry, yeah. a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. So I think he's put himself in position to be, I'm just going to beat everybody else, and we'll see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty smart, I think. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Ryan Sipes had a good race uh, back in the top ten. I guess he Hangtown. I thought he was hurt, but maybe this weekend he wasn't hurt or something. You know, so. Who is this? Sipes. Sipes. Yeah. Yeah. Tenth place. Michael Byrne uh, ran out of gas both motos. First moto was over the finish line, and second moto he had to push his bike across. He lost two positions. So Burner oh. would have been tenth overall had he crossed the finish line in the second moto. Which is a good uh, – uh, Michael Byrne getting 10th overall, that's a good day for him, right? I mean, that's – Yeah, that's a really good day. Yeah. Do you know how hard it would be to push your bike up the face of the finish line jump, I mean, after 35 minutes of well, going flat out? I got to say, he didn't push it up the finish line jump. Oh, he didn't? He didn't. He pushed it alongside of it, and someone, someone – one of the scorers must have taken, taken mercy on him and let him have it. He was like the last oh. guy to not get lapped, too, you know? So it was like the last guy. Yeah, but that's not. Well. That's, uh, I mean, I, that flies in the face of the rules, doesn't it? Well, I was watching him to say, is he really going to push this thing up the face of the jump? And he didn't. But he still got scored. I mean, maybe he said, hey, I'll push this thing up there if you really want me to. But yeah. If there's no one else on the track, maybe they said, all right. Yeah, well, may, maybe yeah. they looked and they said, hey, you're the last guy to get, you know, you lost two spots because of the. The fuel and no one else is out on the track. I don't. I, don't, I didn't, wasn't paying or, attention. Or I wonder if you, if he, because he was the last guy to not get lapped, does he have to cross the finish line still that last lap, or did he no, still get scored where he was? Yeah, I don't think you have to, because okay, well maybe that's the deal. It's over. You're just out there. Yeah. So, um, why well, again? What's going on with Justin Brayton? I mean, this is yeah, gotta I be. This is. I, know. I mean, you talked to him after the race a little bit, and he. Didn't really have much. I mean, he talked about starts and stuff, but let's be honest. Like, something else has to be up the, more up than that. He seems okay. Yeah, he's, he's telling me he's not hurt. Not <laughs> yeah. hurt at all. He was there battling at the Wednesday night Charlotte Mountain Bike Series in the pro class. Big, big battles there every Wednesday night here in town. Um, I mean, he's here. He's riding. He's training. He's not hurt. I don't know what the deal is. Um yeah, he's well, he's always been a little bit more of a Supercross specialist, but but not this bad. You, you still you still expect him to be tenth, right? I mean, inside the top ten, let's say. Yeah. Um, she's getting like you know, he's not made points a couple of times. I mean, yeah, something's. I can't imagine being a factory Honda guy <laughs> and not scoring points and coming and throwing your bike on the stand. Well, strangely enough, he's got a good attitude about it. So that part, that part's good. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. 
JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex feel gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. He was making. He was even so in such a good mood. He was making fun of Wygant's mountain bike to me, about Wygant showing up the mountain bike ride. Uh, and sucking. Well, he didn't. No, he didn't mention your performance at all. He just said your bike itself. What do you got, Weege? And we know Wygant, your yourself and money are not easily separated. <laughs> yeah, so, a buddy of mine came to my house yesterday to show off his new mountain bike, and I'm like, how much is that? How much of that run? He's like, I got a killer deal on it. It was twenty eight hundred, but it's supposed to be about five grand, and I'm like. Okay, I think I'm just going to keep racing the 04 model. You went to Costco, didn't you? You got like a swim. Dude, like, I had a heart rate, on her, heart rate monitor on last time I did it, and I averaged 170 for an hour and a half. Clearly, the weakness here is fitness, not equipment. Tell me your bike. Tell me your bike doesn't have the shifters on the top of the handlebars, and like the <laughs> wheel type, the wheel type, where you, like, move. <laughs> yeah. It even has full suspension and everything. So that's what I'm saying. I'm like... It's full suspension. It has these modern style, whatever you want to call it, shifters. I don't know. Do you have, I'm sure I would be better on a better bike, but how much difference could it really make? Do you have the trigger shifters or both are thumb, up and down or thumb? Yeah, they're, not, they're two um, levers yeah, mounted on the bottom two, like the old 10 speeds. you got to reach yeah, down and like. Yeah, two, like nut, nut pinchers, nut, nut punctures. <laughs> Do you have dust, discs or regular brakes? Yeah, I got discs. It's got full suspension. Oh, okay. And my add, because it's a mountain bike. Even the rear shock, does it have a spring in it? No. Okay. All right. Um, anyways, uh, let's go on from there. Uh, Brock Tickle, DNF, a second moto, bummer for him, electrical problem, Mitch Payton said. But uh, he was good again in the first moto, coming up from the back. I guess seventh. Um, I keep waiting for Mitch to tap him on the shoulder and drop him down, but maybe that's not going to happen. And, you know, Mitch is – he had a good run at Hangtown. I thought, yeah. you know, I'm sure after that, Mitch was going, all right, we'll see where this goes. So, he's doing well. Yeah, I don't think he's falling down. I, they moved him down after his bike broke. It reminds me, like, in baseball when, like, the pitcher, there's, like, a ground ball, and the guy boots it, and then they take the pitcher out of the game. Yeah. And I'm like, well, clearly that wasn't his fault. That would be terrible if they booted him after he had had a bike problem. Yeah. No. I, yes. Look at your results. You didn't even score points in the second moto. You're a loser. Move down. <laughs> You're terrible. Get on this TV. Get on this TV. DF. Uh, a couple of uh, kudos to three-digit guys: Derek Anderson, ninth in the second moto, and one uh, one sixty Cole Thompson, Canada's own Cole Thompson. Pretty good. Got thirteenth second moto. First national ever, right? First, first four fifty. Na- first national ever. Yep, on a four fifty. So good job for Cole Thompson. Good job, first Cole. First national ever or first national on a four fifty? First national ever. But yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's normally a 250F guy, though. So he's not right. a. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. He's, you know, he races yeah. 250Fs a lot of times. So. Um, and then uh, um, Derek Anderson, I didn't even know this. He had a national number in 2010. I, I don't, he has the most undistinct name. That's the problem. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember Derek Anderson at all. I thought he was new. I thought, eh. But I mean, that does, that, was, not to take yeah. away his ninth, doesn't mean his ninth sucks balls now, but I'm just saying. I didn't know anything about Derek Anderson. Um, 
We did a privateer profile on him once, and when the pictures ran, he had a two-digit number. My, my, I was like, where are these from? Like, I was so confused. Like, <laughs> like, what race are these pictures from? You're like, is this Guatemala? Is this Mexico? <laughs> exactly. Uh, our buddy JT, tough weekend. Tough weekend. But he did uh, have a fan yelling at him over the fence when he crashed and was rolling in the grass to, to never quit, never give up, do it like Rocky and pick your bike up. That's what the fan was yelling That's at awesome. him. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Uh, Kyle Chisholm's struggling, not happy with his bike. His vision's good. His vision's good. But uh, he's just not happy with his bike. He's not doing what uh, what I thought Kyle Chisholm would do, if you want to look at a, another guy besides Brayton who maybe isn't fulfilling expectations. You know, if I was Yamaha right now, I would I would go find an old semi out in the back parking lot, put Kyle Chisholm in it, and just every ad would be Kyle Chisholm. He's the one guy that I know who likes that Yamaha 450 better than anything else. He's like, I just, that thing, I just really like it. I really like it. I have a hard time getting used to the way the calorie works. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Kyle Has that Yamaha changed really much in, what is this, it came out in 2010? came out in 2010, yeah. It was 210, 211, 212. I mean, no one's seen a 2013 yet, but unlike this Honda, which was rumored for a year or two, has anyone heard anything? Like, Honestly, what, you should go. What is their strategy I think here? You should, I think if you drove down to Cypress right now, where Yamaha's located, you would just see a sign on the front door, gone to lunch for the next few years. Just gone to lunch. It seems that way. They uh, don't even seem concerned. Like I'm saying, like when the Stewart leaves, which I still say is like the worst PR move ever, they're just, eh, whatever. Win-win. Yeah, cool. yeah, I don't. I don't think you'll see a change on that Yamaha until at least 2014 because they they do like five six year cycles on each you know on each edition that comes out. So. Yeah, and I heard the 250F's not changing either. Seems weird. I mean, it's tough times for these guys. Who knows? You know how they they have it. Cowie's got shipping businesses and and ships, and Yamaha has um, pianos and things like that. So. Who knows how all these businesses have been hit, you know, by the downturn. And maybe Yamaha's just like, I mean, they had to release that all-new bike because it was probably in the pipeline to do it. But at some point, they're probably like, man, we just have to hold the fort right now. That's all we got to do. Just hold the fort, and then when things get better, we'll be back. But it's hard right now to make a case that, you know, the ones. Yeah, what the problem is they have their plans. They're forecasted, you know, three, four, five years in advance. They probably have a new bike already, you know, sort of in mind what they're going to do, but they're not just going to go, okay, well, we weren't supposed to make a new bike until 2014, but no one's like, so let's speed everything up and make it happen right now. You know, they just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It's, uh, think about a Yamaha factory team of, of Wyndham, Dowd, Henry, uh, Busk. Lusk, you know, they're McGrath want, on Chaparral. Yeah, I mean, they just, their factory effort and their bikes have come so far down. Ever since I left, really. Yeah. Um, Coincidence? I think not. No, yeah, exactly. No, um, I, I don't know. It's sad to see in a little way. You know, in, in a way, it's, it's, it's sad to see it. the Stewart thing hasn't worked out. The JGR guys, I mean, I don't know. Like, they're having a rough outdoor season. Millsaps missed Freestone. And uh, any word on if he's coming back this weekend? Weege? It's weird. He said that he was going to sit it out so he could heal up more quickly and come back this weekend. But 
Uh, we'll see. I mean, well, you, you probably won't hearing, know for sure until Friday. Hearing, of course, he's got internal injuries, but you know, normally you'll get some specifics. It just said all of his abdomen. <laughs> oh, no, he ran down the list. He ran oh, down okay. the list, and it was like five things. And he's like, basically, he's like, kidney, small intestine, liver, basically my whole abdomen, just everything in there. Like just, just uh, bruised? And it, was a pra- it, was, it was a practice crash, Blackhead? Yeah, he said on Thursday at, I think, Comp Edge, somewhere out in California. Um, couldn't sit down. Like, couldn't sit down anywhere. Couldn't sit down riding or in the truck, and then he said it was hard to sleep. And I'm like, well, any day now he's going to have a kid. So he's coming in without sleep. Oh, boy. Then mm-hmm. he's not going to get any sleep then. And then I guess he's going to race somewhere in between. Jeez. Good luck. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the 250s, shall we? Or anything else about 450s? Do we have anything? I liked it. I liked it. Uh, okay. Uh, 250F, uh, uh, 250 motocross, and, and thank God I'm calling them by their names. The 250 class, the 450 class. Thank Jesus. You know, in the uh, motocross class, wait, what are you, aren't we talking about motocross? Yeah, but also in the motocross class, the motocross bikes in the motocross class. Yeah, it just. All right, we get it. Um, Eli Tomac, man, uh, it would have been. So, so sweet to see Baggett get with Tomac. Because at one point in the motos, Weege, I looked at the at the lap times, and those two dudes were doing three seconds faster than anybody else around them. Just those two guys. Unfortunately, Baggett was in third, and Tomac was in first. Yeah, um, I think Tomac, it's unfortunate. He's almost overshadowed a little bit. I mean, after Hangtown, you know, Baggett's ride was just so unbelievably freaking crazy, wild, awesome that Tomac really rivaled that. Like, he was really just as good to me in Texas as, say, Baggett was a Hankton, but because he didn't pass people on the last lap, it maybe doesn't get the same play. But, like, it was really, really good. Um, yeah. And, again, he at least matched Baggett speed-wise in that in battle. I mean, you cannot take anything away from the guy. He dominated. He did. And, he, you know, he didn't get the starts uh... – Around fifth, both motos, and just, just, it, I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even funny. Like it was like, okay, he's going to the front. Like there's no, there's no doubting that he was going to the front. Yeah, yeah, just went, like we say that track's kind of hard to pass on, but he was so much faster and was doing so many other things like jumping stuff and, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, there was no like no one was even holding him up. He would just ride around yeah. them. I thought Tomax Hangtown wasn't wasn't that good, and his dad John, who I don't know if you heard, he's a mountain biker. He used to. Be a really good bicycle oh. racer. Yeah. We never bring that up. No, nobody really talks about it. I had this I, this weekend, Anthony Paggio told me, man, someone should do stories on John Tomac. Someone should talk about John. One of you media guys should talk about John Tomac. And I almost, I almost hit him. <laughs> if he didn't give me free uh, sunglasses and sandals, I would have hit him. <laughs> but I, I said, are you serious? I, I, you know, I broke it down and I told him, like, you know, the guy is gnarly. Paying you, you practically are in love with the guy. But I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, and, and, and he is gnarly, and I feel less of a man every time I'm around him because, you know, I've done nothing. But the, the John Tomac thing has been played out big time. So, not according to Padio, though. Anyways, all right. So, Well, it's a unique situation. How many times do you have a legend like that whose kid is now on his way to becoming one? And they're that close that, you know, his dad is basically his trainer, his coach, his, you know, 
man friend, riding partner. You know, it's, it's just unique. You don't see it a lot. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you don't, but I mean. You tell me another time, any other sport. Gary Bailey and David Bailey. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, the issue okay. is not unique. Gary was a legend. Okay, uh, if you say so, then all right, we'll count that. Big James and Little James. Okay, now you're reaching, reaching really. Colleen Millsaps and Davy. <laughs> I can go on. And now you just <laughs> level of stupidity. Yogi's dad and Yogi. What we got to do is get the jet and ride this carpenter. <laughs> that was Ronnie Lusk, for those of you who hey. may or may not know. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, John told me after the race, you know, Hangtown didn't go the way they wanted to. And he did lose the pack, you know, in that first moto. Eli lost the pack. Uh, he was right there and couldn't hang with the top three guys. And I guess that's a little disappointing. But they knew the heat was going to be a factor, too. And, 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 I mean, Eli just shut it down, shut all that talk down. And, um Baggett was a uh, pretty damn good too, Ping. Um, um, jumping into the sand whoops and just, um, I mean, he 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 got second, but there's no way like anybody's like, oh, Pangton was a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good answer. All right. Well, well, what do you want me to say? Maybe, I mean, maybe just. Elaborate. I feel like Eli's. It'll be interesting to see what happens. He, you know, he's going to his home track here. This weekend, you come off of a 1-1 at a track that really kicked your ass for the last couple of years. And again, I know it's hot and it's rough, but still, Texas owed him one. And he laid the wood down. So if he goes to Colorado and has, you know, where he typically rides a little better, he and Tedesco will both shine there. Um, he comes away with a 1-1 at Colorado. I mean, he's starting to set him up, you know, as, as the, the top dog in this class. So I think this weekend is going to be big for Eli. Um, whose ride was better, Wygant? Whose was better? Tomac, Texas, Baggett, Hangtown. Whose ride well, was better? Well, I'm saying the fact that they're even in the same the fact that they're even in the same sentence, so that's even a question, is a huge compliment to Tomac because after Hangtown, you would think that you might never see a ride as good as Baggett ever, ever again in the history of mankind. Like it was that unbelievable. No, yeah, no, I got and the fact that you're just saying like, hmm, I wonder which one's that. Like that says how good Tomac was. Right. And no, yeah, I got what you were saying, but whose was better? Well, I mean, I can't think of the guy who goes from third to first in the last lap. Like, what can you say? Whose was better? Um, All right. Yeah, so that, that's yeah. what I'm going to say. I okay. mean, that was better because you're okay. going to make me pick one, and you don't see dudes pass two guys in the last lap very often. So I'm going to go for the all time craziness of that happening. But okay. that would make it seem like I'm taking something away from Tomac. I will say Baggett's ride was better, but Tomac was damn good. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that. Hey, in, um, in uh, David Villeman's column on pulpamex.com, Snake Eyes, he was uh, a little bummed that Ken Roxon's ride, Ken, uh, Ken finished uh, a ways back uh, of Eli, and at one point he was uh, right there with him. I, I think DV's been a little harsh, though. Two races, Everybody two is. What is wrong with these people? What are these expectations? What? I don't know. Why he's... does Roxon have to win every race for people to think there's not something wrong? Like, I don't get it. Like, uh. he's doing fine. He's, he's world champion. He should come over here and win. Ask MX Jeff. <laughs> he's another one. Like, I don't understand. Like, he's doing great. Right. Two podiums, second in the points. And everyone's like, man, the heat is going to melt him. Well, he went through Texas. Again, it wasn't as bad, but I think he managed his race. He's leaving Texas instead of, like, 
in a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. He's walking out of there fine. I mean, yeah. he. I think that's yeah. the best case scenario you could hope mm-hmm. for for him. Well, the French and the Germans, you know, always at, always at odds. Doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> and it doesn't matter what decade we're in, just always at odds. <laughs> um, Ping, one guy that you spoke about in our preview, or at some point, I lose track of how many, because I do so many of these effing shows, but you did talk about Blake Wharton, and he got third in the moto, probably, you know, he wasn't second for most of the race, led for a long time. Blake Wharton, ladies and gentlemen. People forgot about him, but he's back. Yeah, he's uh, he had an awesome ride. I mean, Texas is his hometown. I don't know if that had anything to do with it there. Uh, I hope he can keep it going. You know, if you know Blake, you like him. He's just like, he's such a nice kid. He's quirky, but he's also been ridiculously fast. I mean, look at his, from the time he debuted with Geico Honda at Millville, you know, the kid's been, have the, have the speed to be on the podium every time he races, you know. Um I think it's maybe taken him a, a little time to get his confidence back after having some injuries, but yeah, lead the moto will help. So hopefully um, he can just keep it rolling. Yeah, and and why again? You want to tell us all about Barsha's starts again? You feel like all right? Uh, hey, you know, <laughs> unless he doesn't get every whole shot either, but that still makes him the best starter. <laughs> oh, it was kind of just funny. You've been talking about that for a few weeks, and you, and I know, you, and dude, you've been horrible. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I want to say like that was impressive because. I could not believe his bike went flipping into the first turn in the second moto. Mm-hmm. Like, his bike flew. Like, he was lucky to not just get nailed by that thing. And then all of a sudden, like, 20 minutes in, you're watching this, like, crazy battle of, like, fifth and sixth, and he's there. And you're like, what? He must have been hauling ass in the first moto, too. He was even further back in the first moto because not as many guys went down. He was hauling ass. And not with the starts. Like, to me, that proved, like, okay, this is the worst I'm going to do, and I got a 4-5. Right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the old saying, you win them on your worst days. Uh, not so bad day for Barsha. He looked pissed after the race, though. Oh, he looked angry. I, was, Ooh. I didn't even want to talk to they, him. Yeah. They still have a mustache? No. That's gone. Really? Uh, yeah. Supercross only? Yeah. He has a Supercross only stash. Yeah, you know. That's how wow. these things work. Ping, what about Jesse Nelson? What about Jesse Nelson? Dude, Jesse Nelson is legit. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I heard from people. He was, yeah, He was really, really nervous at Hangtown, and so I don't think anyone really got to see what, what he's got under the hood. And I think the more races that go by, you're going to see more and more of that. Um, he's got speed, man. He just he needs to get comfortable racing with these guys. And um, Texas definitely help. You know, when you can get a whole shot and lead for a little bit, kind of see the pace the leaders are going, it sucks you into it a little bit. And, his fitness is still not quite there. You know, he's tired at, you know, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And after the first mile, I guess he was vapored pretty good. But um, whole shot the second mile, too, you know. Just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, great great weekend, top ten. So, yeah. Very what do you have, seventh or eighth I, not, overall? Yeah, he ended up with a seventh overall. I'm not like, yeah. Weed, you can, you can vouch for this. I'm not a big amateur motocross follower, you know. Um, He's not lying. <laughs> I didn't know much about Jesse Nelson at all. I, I I always got him confused with Jimmy Nelson, who raced up in Canada and was you know before his time. But what's up with Jesse Nelson at Loretta's and all that? T- t- can you fill us in? I mean, what's the deal with this kid? Well, um, which I know the point we're going to eventually get to here about him is he's had this he had this bizarre injury. Um, I think four or five years ago when he was on minis, he had a real breakout year. 
Um, and a couple of guys that did that where they really just clicked. I remember um, Ian Treadle did that. Jason Anderson did it once, and Barsha. Guys like that, like they, in that prime 85 CC year where everybody's old enough to be on 80s. The tough thing about racing, rating guys on mini bikes is some of the taller guys move out early and some of the shorter guys move in late. But then there's like a prime 12 or 13-year-old year where everybody's in there. And in that time, I think he might have been the best of the group, but then he had this gnarly injury, which people have been talking about, where he lost his thumb. Like literally lost his thumb. I don't know what happened. Ping, do you know what happened he, to cause? Yeah, that? he crashed and his, you know, in a pile up, and his thumb went into the rear sprocket and it, it just chopped it off. Adios. Man. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Dude. So he's been. So he has a little prosthetic piece that like fits into his glove, and he straps it on, and so now he's able to get it done. Anyway, it's unfortunate because that's like a prime time, like. Um, like I said, Ian Treadle had done the same thing, and then he, like, tore his ACL and was out for, say, like, two years. If you lose those really critical years in there, it's hard to get it back. And then by the time Nelson was back, it seemed like he was a good, like, third, fourth guy, but no longer the man. But then, Ping, from what I heard over the last, say, six months or a year or so, he's really picked it back up. And, yeah, uh, even last year at the Amateur Nationals, he wasn't – he was actually scheduled to come on board with the TLD team in 2012, and – at the 2011 Nationals, he just, he was, he was okay. You know, he's getting thirds, and he was kind of up there, but he was not winning. Right. And so they, they made the decision to stick back and do amateurs one more year. And then at Texas and Oak Hill, um, he was kicking butt. I think he was three championships at Texas, and, you know, it kind of started to hit his stride. So uh, when all the injuries went down, they, they made the decision to uh, bring him in. And uh, hopefully, it, hopefully it's going to pay off here. It looks like he's making the transition well. Yeah, I give su- Honda credit because he was—he's a Honda guy through and through, from when he was really good to when he's having some lean years or even just out. But they've always had his back, so maybe it's gonna—maybe that loyalty is about to pay off for him here. Let's see. As as has Red Bull. He's been a Red Bull athlete since the beginning of the Jams program. It's pretty cool to hear that though. They don't just dump the guy to the wayside, you know. Mm-hmm. When I look at the list of the 250F guys. Um the 250 guys and the points. Uh, Ivan Tedesco, by the way, uh, I thought kudos to him for being so far back it was ridiculous, but yet still getting a 22nd or whatever it was. Um, just keeping riding. I like that. I like that. He could have pulled off. Even Mitch said he could have pulled off, but good for him. But when I look at the list of guys uh, on the in the 250 class, once again, um, Jay Canada. Just, yeah. Just, you know, ninth place. Just doing it. Doing what he does. Doing what he does. Yeah, doing what he does on the Moto Concepts team. So, uh, good for him. He's having a good season so far. And Cunningham's battling a, an ankle injury, I believe. So, he's. I thought we'd see more out of him, but maybe that ankle's really jacked up. Texas, you know, he got third overall last year there. Mm. What about what about the Hewitts? Are they finally coming around? No, I'm sorry, not Hewitts. Sorry, Tedders. Oh. Tedders. The Hewitts. Uh, what about the Tedders? There's more than one. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't know. You know that. You don't I didn't know. know there was another Hewitt out there. Yeah, you've never seen Bartholomew Hewitt. He's out there. <laughs> well, I saw that uh, both of them made Supercross mains this year. Um, well, and the Tedder, the um, and I can't Dakota. keep him straight. Dakota got Dakota's seven, the tall one. He got seventeenth. That might be his best ever finish. He was up front for a while. Um, yeah, man, first moto, he was ninth, like, late in the moto, and then I guess he must have crashed because he went back real quick, like, in one lap, you know? 
But yeah. I mean, and then the second motor, he kind of backed it up. He was up there again. Um, yeah, that's 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 uh, you know they're working with Lampson. Steve Lampson is helping them out, and maybe people don't know that. Um, but maybe Lampson's the influence of him is is doing something because honestly, um, you know you look at their their rig and everything, and you look at the results, and it doesn't quite translate. But don't look now; they both made main events in Supercross, and I can't get their names straight. I don't know, just two tedders. They both made mains in Supercross. Dakota's getting a point, running up front. Maybe we got something here with the headers. Just saying. Dakota's, Dakota's a tall one. Miles is a short one. If you're trying to keep track at home, those are you keeping score. Is there no other one, or is there? Oh, uh, there's like five other ones, but those are the only two racing yeah. professionally right now. Okay, so just Miles and Dakota are, are racing professionally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Your yeah. Your dad, for people who don't know, is like vet class or senior whatever class killer Eloretta's if people don't know that. Senior Masters. Like, yeah, like age 40 he would dominate, then it was a few years, you know, then he waited, to, then when he was 45 he dominated again, then when he's 50 he dominated, like, he's a bad dude. John Tomac bad he dude? He also pretty much owns the electrical world in California and beyond. Right? Is that, is that what Not it a bad is? Gig. Yeah. Better electric. Yeah. Not a bad gig, huh? Um, is that that? So okay, yeah. I, I never really knew how that happened, but so he's the electrical guy. Um, but anyways, don't they have I'm, a track like on the beach or something like that thing? Not that I know of. They they uh, those guys are out inland every day. You know, they live by the beach uh, in Huntington, but um, they're out here every day. <laughs> um, I'm just saying and they go they go through trainers and coaches like every two years. They just switch. I worked with them for a year. They worked with Rhino for a year. They, I mean, you name it, they've worked with them. Oh, so Lammy, Lammy could be out? Well, I don't know. It, it's a little bit different now. That was when they were, you know, amateur kids. Um, I think Lammy is more of a team manager now. You know, he has more than just riding coach. He's got some more duties. So well, I'm just saying, you know, nobody talks about 1996 motocross the nations and Lammy killing everybody on a 125, and nobody talks about Lammy working with Dakota Tedder. <laughs> I'm just saying. Nobody talks about either one of those things ever. I feel like we talk about Johnny O, Johnny O, Johnny O. We never talk about Lampson, who did the exact same thing in Spain. The exact one better, same thing. actually. What do you mean one better? O'Mara only got seconds in the donations under 125. Lampson won an overall. Oh, O'Mara didn't win? No, he beat everybody but the other Americans. But, but he didn't beat RJ on a 250 oh. or Bailey on a 500. Oh. I, thought I mean, keep in mind... Even 10 years, I'm sure, of 125, 86 to 96 is probably a big difference as far as the disadvantage you were at. But. I, I, okay, yeah. So, Lammy, Lammy did better than Johnny O. So, suck it. Yeah, up. I believe he was the first to ever win a moto on a 125 at the Nations. Like, why is he not? They should give him – there should be a trophy named after him or something. Yeah. He should have a face – his, like, face and a picture in a bar somewhere over there, at least. Yeah, something. Cuban Juarez, or whatever that was. And hopefully there's nobody on drugs who will eat that face trophy. <laughs> That's all. Um, anything I else? I got your nose. <laughs> anything else? Why can't you got to go? Yeah, I got to go here. Um, one thing, I was looking through the um, record book media guide today. Yep. This is strange. Kawasaki, Pro Circuit, has won every 250 race held in Thunder Valley so far, going back to 05. They've never lost. So, oh boy. obviously the team's always good just about everywhere. So maybe it's just coincidence because they're pretty much always up front. But does that indicate that at altitude they've got something special that no one else has? 
I mean, that's yeah, I, think their, I think their advantage in, in, has decreased, though, in the last several years. I think Geico's picked it up. I think Star's picked it up. I think TLD's picked it up. All right. Before we, I, don't, I don't think they've got it, what they had. Before we leave, who wins this weekend? Ping. Who wins both classes this weekend? Uh, Tomac and Stewie. Why again? I'm going to go bag it because I think there might be something to this weirdo win streak that team has there. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I'll stick with Stewie until – until it's over, until right. it loses. But by the way, you were making a point, Steve, about Dungey at Colorado. We were talking the other day. I was. He goes good there. Oh, yeah. Dungey. Yeah. He rides really good there, and that's why, folks, right. I am picking Ken Roxon, who rode this track in the motocross the nations and put on a hell of a ride. I am picking Ken Roxon and Ryan Dungey for the win in Lakewood this weekend. I am not going to stamp it though. I do not feel. KTM sweep. KTM sweep. At Lakewood, suck that it. surely has never happened. Suck it, Kawasaki, this weekend. That surely has never happened. Um, yeah, it did. It definitely happened. Um, East Coast four-stroke nationals. Kelly Smith oh. swept both classes numerous times. <clears throat> Good point. So the only series ever just that as important West and was called nationals. That gives you an idea. <laughs> um, on the on the Pulp MX show on Monday, uh, a guy called in and said they're re, they're they're resurrecting the four-stroke nationals starting next year. And it was very strange because I'm like, we have those now. They're called nationals. I announced a couple of those back in like 02, and the, the, the promoter guy was all about that. And he's like, we are going to dominate because the sport is turning four-strokes and we will have it covered. And I'm like, yeah, but the guys of that series will just switch. And like the, the blood like came out of his face. Like he just turned blue. <laughs> it was crushed. <laughs> I thought about that. Can I, get a, can I get a Canadian motocross prediction this weekend? Ping, both classes. Canadian moto. Uh, I predict uh, piss poor organization by the CAMRC. <laughs> and um, what else? Why, why again? Can I get a couple winners? Uh, I got to go, man. Conference call. See you guys. All right. Thanks too, for, bad, thank, huh? <laughs> yeah, too bad. Thanks for doing the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Uh, Good times. Thanks, Ping. And uh, we'll see you next you week. Bet. Hey, I'm actually going to Colorado. So really good insight, behind-the-scenes stuff. You're going? Wow. I'm going. Okay. I'll be there. Can't, uh, can't wait. Can't wait to see you. No, me either. I can't wait to see myself. <laughs> All right, guy. Thanks. See you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.